Hey, profs. Welcome on in. My name's Rob Lightfoot, proud two-time alum of Rick Edelman College of Communication, class of 2000-2001. This is Beyond the Brown and Gold. I'm Jessica Kennedy. I'm the co-host here, also a two-time proud Rowan alum, class of 2008 from the Rick Edelman College of Communication and Creative Arts, and 2015 from the College of Education. Thanks so much for joining us today. Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM presents Beyond the Brown and Gold, a show that highlights the lives and memories of Glassboro State and Rowan University alumni. Now, here are your hosts, Rob Lightfoot and Jessica Kennedy. On today's show, we have a two-time Glassboro State College alum, Maureen St. John. We're going to go a little abstract today, Jess. A little off off brand than we typically do. We're going to sorry, was that too formal of an introduction for an artist like Maureen? Yeah, she likes to have a little more creative opens. Okay, I'm sorry. Why don't you give it a shot? Maureen's on the show today. <laughs> How about oh, that? Yeah. Did that work out well? No, so creative. Okay. Well, Maureen's a studio artist, photographer, and retired art educator. She's a Glassboro resident, so. I mean, she walked to this interview, so... I and she talked about... What I loved is we talked about all the shows that used to take place here. Yeah. And she gives us all the big name artists that I think many of you will recognize in listening to the show. Oh, for sure. And she talks about her career in education, which was 27 years long in elementary ed and then later in high school education and what she's been doing since and how her artwork came full circle and brought her back to Rowan. So we'll start this interview... On a little bit of an untraditional note, we want you to tell everybody your favorite place to eat in Glassboro, because we were just talking about that, and why it's your favorite place to eat in Glassboro. My favorite place to eat would be Angelo's Diner. It's been a place I've gone to since I started here at Glassboro State in the early 70s. Prices were reasonable for a college kid. Uh, We could always scrounge up enough change to go and eat a couple eggs and potatoes or whatever else, sometimes meat. And um, it was just a fun place to go because it's old and been here forever. But even back then, it was old and been there forever. (laughs) So it was always a nostalgic place for us to go to. But we were joking that it's relatively inexpensive still from... Yeah, very. Right now, the prices are skyrocketing. I think there's one up 10 cents, you know. (laughs) I think it costs more to print new brand news than it did the price increase, but... Can yeah, you tell and everybody it's been, what you paid for breakfast the last time you went. Oh, well, that's my um, Yeah, I had one egg and uh, potatoes. It was two forty-five. I only drank water with it, so that's you know. Of course, I had to pay tax and my big tip. They probably <laughs> charge like ten cents for coffee with that. That's like absolutely nothing. It's funny because all the alums that that I talk to, they always say, "Is, is Angelo still there?" I'm like, "Yeah, they're out of the area. They don't realize, you know." Right. Right. It's, yeah. It's the, one of their spots from back in the day. They right. Love. Yeah, and usually, like, any of my friends that come by will give, we have to take a visit there. And um, my husband grew up here in Glassboro, so he actually used to hang out there with the one of the, the owner, actually, she's the owner now, um, she was the daughter at that time, hang out there in the back, and they would dance and stuff as a kid. And he, so he always told me stories about that and how they would eat whatever they wanted to and what a great time they had playing records and dancing. Sounds like a little hot hopping joint. Yeah, yeah. I've been there once. I mean, it's such a tiny... Just one time. Mm -hmm. Such a tiny place. I think it's one, two, six booths and then the counter. But all the locals go there and college kids frequent the place because of the reasonable prices. And um, like election day, all the um, local politicians come and wait for the results. 
out. Oh, get out. <laughs> it's it's yeah, it's just a gathering place and, and as I said, um I recognize everyone when I go in there from many years ago. And I've seen us all age, which is okay. <laughs> and we're still enjoying the food there at a reasonable price. <laughs> so was your first time at Angelo's, were you a student at Glassboro State, your first time here? Or did you grow up locally? No, I, I didn't grow up here. But I used to come here in my high school years for great concerts. They had concerts. And we used to come over because I didn't live too far away. Some of the people I went to school with, high school graduated and came on over to here. So we used to come over and party. I guess that's what you would call what we were doing. We would frequent the uh, diner then, and um, also the P&B diner oh, yeah. was, was another place that we used to go to, which is now Monarch, and it was actually across the street where the car dealership is. Oh, I didn't realize and that place it was a moved, different location. The actual building from there moved down to, to Mullica Hill, Harrison Township, at, I think, I don't know what it's called now down there, but the little restaurant right by the um, Amish market is the uh, is the former one that was here. The but Harrison that was, House Diner. Yeah. Oh, get yeah. out! That's yeah, a, I didn't know diners moved around like Neither that. Neither did I. I knew <laughs> the I checkers just got moved. Up. I remember the checkers moving. So the checkers used to be uh, yeah. on this yeah. side of yeah, town, and they just here. picked it up, moved it right over here. That was the place to go to after the football game, the P and B Diner, because a lot of the parents would be in. So you went there. We went up after football games to the Harrison House. It was P&B Diner then. What were some of the shows you saw while you were here? The concerts? Oh, my gosh. I have stories on those. Um, we saw some of the greatest. When I was in high school, it came over again. I was only a freshman in high school when I saw Black Sabbath. That's wild. Which was, is a historical show because it was their first show in the United States. And um, in the middle of the show they were so loud and pulling in so much energy that they blew the town out what? the town was in darkness for a few hours <laughs> and they said black. we will be back we had to leave the building it was an SB gym and um we had to leave the building but they said we will be back we will be back don't leave so we all left outside and then a couple hours later they came back and they finished the concert that was pretty exciting also when i was a freshman saw elton john mm. Wow. Yeah. They're, they had some wonderful concerts at this college in the 70s. Um, some of the others, I saw Bonnie Raitt, who I can tell a story on that one. Yeah, let's Bonnie hear it. Raitt, again, in the gym. Uh, my friend and I, Patty, we went to the concert. I loved her. She, uh, she was someone I really idolized. We went to the concert, and of course, it's jam packed, and the girls' locker room was blocked off, but the door to the locker room was open about this wide. Those were our thin days when we were little skinny girls back then. We had to use the bathroom, so it's jam-packed, and it's a big line. So I said, well, let's go down in the locker room, not knowing that that was the dressing room for the band and Bonnie. So we went down. Nobody was in there at that moment, and we're in the bathroom, and we're each in our own stall, and we hear voices, male voices. We're like, oh, my gosh, and we're right next door, and she's I think it's the band. And it wow. was the band now. And then you peek through the little door opening, and we see them. In the, they're in the bathroom with us in front of the mirror with their bell-bottom pants on and their Afro-styled hair and, and just getting themselves ready. And we're like, oh, my God, what are we going to do? We're both, both of us are standing on the toilet seat <laughs> so they don't <laughs> see our feet. And um, thank goodness they didn't try to get in the stalls we were in. But um, we waited 
quietly until they left. And then we were like, oh, my God, oh, my God, can you believe it? And then we left the bathroom, and there we see Bonnie Raitt in front of the mirror, full-length mirror, with her guitar. Wow. <laughs> just strumming it and, like, psyching herself up for the show. Wow. And I just said, oh, my goodness, be quiet, stay back, be quiet. And we just watched her prep herself. Yeah. That it was amazing. So cool. It was so amazing. I, that, I, that is the thrill of my, of my life. I think about it all the time, like, because I just idolized her so much. And I just thought, wow, if we didn't take that chance and skimmy, <laughs> put ourselves through that little doorway that we had. Really some loose security they had. Yeah, yeah. Right yeah. So <laughs> then we, we had to wait for her to go up. And then we went running up. And then... Um, we're up, we get up there with our friends and we're like, oh my God, oh my God. We just saw Bonnie Raitt prepping for the, for the show. For, we just saw her in front of the mirror. And it was because I was telling my friends, stay back because she'll see our reflections. But thank God we did stay back for enough. But we could see the whole thing. And it was like, I think we paid like $2 to go to the show. It was worth every cent. So you didn't interact with her at all? You should have said something. No, we didn't want to get in trouble, you know, for being out where we... And and it was just cool to see her get herself psyched up and ready to go out and perform. So that was an exciting moment. But um, that was one of the many concerts. But I saw saw Billy Joel a couple of times, and um, he was here. Um, Hall and Oaks... Peter Frampton, all the, you know, groups know. of the 70s. Listen, the, what they, these, they were hard. We both came through the radio station, so we know all of the yeah, art, classic artists, I, for sure. I figured sure. you would appreciate. Um, another one that was super loud was George Thorogood and Thurgood, the Delaware yeah. Destroyers. Yeah. Yep, yep. Um, my friend and I went because some boy invited us. We didn't really know who they were. And we went in there, and they just started. And we were, oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But was there we, a concert, like, every week during that time? Oh, it, there so was many. many there was many. And, and, I mean, the greatest artists. The only one that did not come here, and I was disappointed, was Bruce Springsteen. He was scheduled to be here. And for some reason, I forget what the reason was, he had to cancel. And we were the only state college in New Jersey that he did not play. Oh, man. <laughs> so it was a great party environment, one of the reasons why you decided to come to Glassboro State? I mean, I, that definitely was an enjoyment, but I didn't even realize until I really got here. And um, my goal was to come for the art department. I, I had looked at several art departments in the area and in the local state colleges, and um, Glassboro was doing well. And I chose and I came and I visited and I liked what I saw I met a few professors and so I came I presented my portfolio as my senior year of high school and they accepted me and um, I came along with my best friend who was also an artist Uh, we both came together and you said you didn't grow up in Glassboro so where'd you grow up I grew up in Lindemald which is um, in Camden County yep it's only a half hour away. We didn't live on campus, but off off right over here, right near where I live now, actually. Probably a different vibe now, right? Yeah, oh, <laughs> completely different. Actually, and my, like my neighbors now are many college students. But do you enjoy, I, you, gotta, you have to enjoy that for some of them. I do enjoy it, and, and I will, you know, uh, the people in town, you hear different perspectives on their views of the students. And I can say only good things. First of all, I enjoy being around the young. My husband passed away from cancer eight years ago. When he was sick, 
that's when the students really just started moving into the neighborhood and um, they came and they did so many things for me and it, and uh, the two of us, they knew what days he had to go to chemo. They would stop by and help me get him into the mm. car. Wow. Oh and, and then they would do lawn work, yard work for us and all kinds of stuff, always offering to do something. So I just thought they were that's wonderful. So nice. and, I, and I just like, I tell people all the time when they start complaining about the students, that this is what they did for me. And then I also, like I'll be in bed and I'll hear them two in the morning mm -hmm. talking, not really doing anything. And I just remember back, oh, that was me. Yeah. That was me. <laughs> so I can't complain. That was me. I was kind of and, causing a ruckus at 2 a.m. too. Yeah. And actually, back in those days, you were doing it at 4 a.m. Because yeah. we went to the bars and they were open till 4 in the morning. Oh, or my more. gosh. Yeah. It was the whole. And we, like we had... Um, a bar in the student center. The Radskiller? Um, the Radskiller, yeah. yeah. And that was the happening place on campus here. And then the, um, what is now the landmark, that was the F Franklin House, and that was happening there. And then there was um, Mazio's, which was uptown. There's a dance school there now. And there was the study hall pub, which used to be uh, located across the street from Angelo's, which is now the town park area, Emerald Boulevard. So there was a lot of happening places where we partied all night, and that was yeah what we did, and we could do it because we were young. Yeah, <laughs> were there classes mixed into this? Yeah, did you you party? Yeah, all well, night? and you know, and it was one of those uh, scheduled time. You made sure your classes were between late Monday afternoon and early Thursday, and then Friday you made sure you had off so that you could have a good Thursday night. night was the big big mm -hmm. night. Still is I the think, big night. Yeah, and I yeah I think it remains that way. And um, that's how we always worked our schedules, no matter what. If we couldn't fit something in that we needed, <laughs> we were like, oh, well, we'll try next semester. Well, let's talk about your education. So what, were you, what was your plan for coming to Glassboro State College and your sort of vision for what you saw in a career? Well, I came as a wannabe artist, studio artist. That's all I wanted to be. I wanted to work in a studio and show my work in a gallery. And my dad said, uh-huh. <laughs> you need how are you going to make money? You no, need to right? think about how you're going to make money and get some benefits. But my that was still my thought. And um, I just had an exhibit over at the um, gallery at the um, Rowan Campbell's Library. And um, it was called Full Circle because mm -hmm. that's what I feel I came went full circle. With my dream as a young art student to be a studio artist exhibiting their work, um, and I actually went through my four years with a focus on painting and thought I was going to be that. And then when I graduated, my dad says, you need to find a job. And he told me there's a help wanted sign at the Burger King <laughs> because he's <laughs> like, I don't know what you're qualified to do. But I did find a job. Um, I worked for MAB Paints as a color specialist working with the chemists who developed the paints. I developed the colors, which was fun. But then they put me into a like a decorating position, which meant sales for me, and mm -hmm. I didn't like that part. So I came back to Rowan, well, Glasper State at that time again. Um, I came back to get my teaching certification because I thought, hey, teaching. Uh, the summer's off <laughs> and all the holidays off. Well, it doesn't quite work that way, but it was a good thought. And actually, I went into teaching, teaching art, which I'm very happy I did. That was a great, great. Um, what grade? When I first began, I was teaching elementary art, and then in the, the mid-90s, I changed to the high school level. That's a big jump. Yeah, and I um, stayed there until um, 2013, I retired. 
What did you it, like about teaching? Um, well, most, most of all, I was, because it was my, my art, which I am obsessed with, and talking about art and doing art, I'm obsessed with that. But I really enjoyed the kids, working with the young people and impressing their minds and, and seeing them become impressed with just little simple things like color mixing, the magic, the young kids were like, ah. And then um, even the high school kids, when I would explain an artwork, they were, oh, oh, now I get it. And that, that was exciting for me. And um, I still do a lot of volunteer stuff with young people. Can you that. spot talent at that elementary school age already in the area of art? Uh, pretty much you can. You can see, you can see kids that have a, um, certain talent and certain certain willing to just be free. That's very important, free with their work, not so concerned about the structure and staying in the lines and making sure all the lines are going in the same direction. We want the kids who are free with it and just at least I do anyway, throw some color down and see what happens. And, and you can see those kids that have an eye for, for with design. So and, you're, more ab- you're doing more abstract stuff. I do semi-abstraction abstractions right now. I, can, I do realistic, I have in the past, but that's where I'm at now. And that was also a goal in my life is to come to that total freedom because I feel like the um, abstraction is the most creative I mean, if I sit and I draw a tree and, and it looks just like that tree, okay, nature made that, not me, mm. <laughs> you know? But if I sit and I look at a tree and I abstract it, that's my creativity coming into play. That's it. And that's what I like. Jess, I feel like you and I would struggle with some of the abstract stuff. I know I do. Yeah. I can't speak for you. Well, I feel like I'm a, a creative, but I think I would want, if I painted that tree, I would want it to it's look the exact like same that tree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right, right. It's which our OCD. Is, Maybe it's our OCD. Which is, yeah, yeah so. which is the way most people go and most people lean and most people who don't quite understand what what we're goal, our goal is as artists would expect and see. And that's who they're going to praise the most if they don't really mm-hmm understand the process Mm -hmm. but um and it was it i mean this is only recent for me to do this the abstractions again that's why it was called full circle it was called experimentalism because that's what i was doing and i always wanted to be a part of a group of an ism you know in the arts there's so many isms and i wanted to be an ism so i thought well let me just form my own and i caught labeled it experimentalism because that's what i was doing and i had success with it i'm continuing with that um, my exhibit over here, I had 29 paintings. I sold 19 of them. Mm. So, wow. wow, good for you. How did that opportunity come about to have an exhibit over at the Campbell Library? Um, well, I, I'm involved with the college with, in different bases of volunteering for certain things and all. And Michael Benson over there is also an artist. And um, we know each other um, through that and um, I'm in the historic society here with him and he is also a part of that and so I know him well and then they, he told me we were that they were talking about opening a gallery over there using some of the space for that because with technology the space is different now <laughs> over there and um, they just thought it would be a, a, a good thing to do and um i do show locally they were aware of my uh, exhibitions i do i'm very involved in the arts and the community so they invited me 
to see if I would be interested. And I looked at the space and I said, yes, let me try. So they made me the premier artist, the first one to exhibit there, which was exciting. That is exciting. And to be a one-man show and have been alumni. And um, we had an opening night and um, that was very exciting because some of my professors from the 70s Mm. showed up. Wow. That's exciting. That was really good. Dr. Dan Chard was that really just set my heart on fire that that they took the time to come and see what their former student from way back then was doing now. So put us in the mindset of somebody who was doing the abstract art. Like, what do you even start with? Like, is it, are you trying? Is it an idea? Yeah, is like, it, how, does it, how, does it, how, does it, how does it get from here? Um, for people in the podcast and radio, I'm pointing, well, to, I'm, I'm pointing to my head. Thank yeah. you. How does it get from here onto the paper? Okay. Like, where do you start? Well, I, I start with a vision, and the vision... Uh, not necessarily being within just within my head. I, I'm I'm a very I'm very into nature. I spend a lot of time outdoors, and I do landscapes is what I do at this time. Um, and I observation because you were mentioning about yourself in regards to being able to paint. The first thing that I want to teach a student is to observe, and observation is very important. Learning how to look at something and then seeing it and then taking the shapes taken apart, no longer seeing a tree, but seeing the shapes, seeing the colors, seeing what space it occupies. And so I um, find something that I like, a vision that I like, um, and I behold it within my mind. I'm also a photographer, so sometimes I take photographs, although I just use them for inspiration, um, not so much, and reference, not so much to uh, copy. The camera already did that. I don't have to. (laughs) <laughs> love the way you look at it. <laughs> and and then I go from there. I begin to pull out the colors that impress me within the artwork, uh, within the uh, photo, if it's a photo, or within whatever I'm observing. Or I begin to think, well, I think this color might look pretty good there, and this color might look good there. And then I begin. I, I work a little non-traditional. I hardly ever use a paintbrush. I use c- credit cards to scrape and smooth my paints on. I use found objects to apply things. I use all different types of other things. I use paintbrush when need. I I do put a wash, a water wash on my papers and with a brush. But after that, I just basically let everything go on with something else. And um, I use my husband's credit cards. My husband passed away, as I said earlier, and I just do it because I know that he held these in his hands mm. at one time, and, and I want him to be a part of mm. it, and that's what I feel when I'm doing it. I'm feeling his, and he, he was not an artist himself, but he encouraged me very strongly, and, and um, so I, I just like that idea and that part, that he's a part that's of it. Sweet. So, yeah, so I just begin to lay my colors, and I'm looking for a vision. I, I spend a lot of time moving my artwork around to let the colors flow in whatever direction and whatever I feel would be the right vision I want to see until I get a s- I'm satisfied, and then I will call it quits. Sometimes I call it quits for a while, and then I go back to it. So all my abstractions, because people will ask me, well, where is this? Where is this? And I can't really say this is, but I will say this, what inspired me was, and but some people are insistent because they think things should be real mm-hmm. and, and um, 
where where is it so sometimes i'll just say oh it's such and such a lake with <laughs> the sun going down good that's good make it <laughs> and, and it is usually what inspired me and then through the pandemic i have a health issue so i used to travel a lot around the world and now i can't travel and through the pandemic i couldn't even go out um, I was isolated. But when there came time where they said, well, you can start going out as long as I was not allowed to be around anyone. I had to go out alone and go out in nature, which was fine because that was right up my alley. Um, I started, I wasn't, I'm not allowed to leave um, this area. I have to stay in within two hours of University of Pennsylvania because I'm on a transplant list. Oh, okay. So I just started exploring New Jersey, the beautiful state of New Jersey, which I always thought was beautiful, but wow, I really discovered it because I'm on dialysis. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to get into this, but which meant confined me even more to my home because I did it at home. I did it overnight and into the morning for nine hours every day. So that was a commitment. And then when after that was completed, I really didn't have a whole lot of energy. But late afternoon, I would start to get energy. So I would take a ride for sunset and um, just discovered New Jersey. And I started photographing. I did have an exhibit of my photos also from, from my travels during the pandemic. And, um, and that's what um, really influenced me and, and, said, and I began to say, okay, it's time to, for me to begin to abstract my work. Mm -hmm. And that's what I started doing. And I've been working on that for a couple of years now. And I'm having success, and I'm enjoying it, which is most important. That's that full circle. Yeah, and that was my full circle because I'll tell you, when I was in college, senior year, you have to have a, an exhibit, the art majors. So I had my first show here, and here I am all these years later as a senior citizen <laughs> having... I'm not going to say my final show, but my show where I have completely come full circle, where I am the studio artist I always dreamed to be. Mm. Since I retired, I have become the studio artist that I dreamt of doing as a college student, and so I've come full circle. That's beautiful, it's, really. It's good. Yeah, it's all good. So is your house full of paints in different colors and like, or <laughs> yeah. what? Let me let me guess. Your walls are white at home. No. <laughs> Well, actually, um, I'm in the middle of uh, I'm in the middle of painting the walls. They're all light colored because I don't want them to really interfere with the artworks. Because I do have a collection of artworks, not just mine, other artists. But I'm in the middle. Of, they need painting again, and I was like, all white. Yesterday I was sitting there, all white, yeah. all white. <laughs> Robin so, visions you taking so, the credit cards to the wall. Yeah, I just figured you would like that would be your canvas, right? You could just uh, do a whole. Oh spot my gosh! Or a don't give me that wall. idea. Let's do it. Let's get crazy. Let's We're get coming. nuts. Yeah, yeah let's yeah. come. We'll come over. Oh gosh. I got credit cards. <laughs> Are they spendable though? Uh, well, unfortunately, <laughs> I don't like to use them too much. I show a lot now, at least two or three shows my uh, a year or more, actually more, because I'd go in a lot of group shows, but I'd have a couple solo shows per year. But we were talking all fair on about the opportunities that exist now at the university for, for shows, because mm -hmm. Maureen was saying how active you are in coming to some of the events. I think it's a great opportunity to sort of promote the arts and all the pieces that are offered here at the university that some folks might not be aware of, right. of what happens at the university. Yeah, we ha they have a wonderful gal new gallery on re relatively new um, High Street, the High Street Gallery, which is beautiful, and they have great shows there. At Westby, they have the old gallery where I, as a student, 
worked, which I loved. That was fun. With Dr. Appleson, who is still here. Mm. I don't know if you know him. I don't know, no. Oh, he's a legend in the art department. But, um, yeah, I was in the, we, we were called ECVA, uh, Exhibition Committee for the Visual Arts. And I was part of that. And it was just a bunch of kids, college kids. We set up the shows. We, did, we were the gophers. We set up the shows. We, when they had the openings, we manned the table food. Now, back in those days, you only had to be 18 to drink. Mm. So it was That's a party. So when there, and we had wine and cheese, and it was a party. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, that was like between each show, we had to paint the walls. And um, that was our gig, and and mostly what we did was sit on the floor and eat pizza (laughs) and talk, but it was just a fun time for the little artsy students, and that's where I got my start in the galleries was here at Rowan, again, full circle, and it was with Dr. Appleson, who was our advisor. And besides the abstract art, as somebody who has a, I'm not going to brag, but Maureen, I've got a heck of a hand turkey. I'm not going to lie. (laughs) What does that mean? Like a handprint? (laughs) Yeah, the handprint with the turkey yeah. kind of outline for kids. No, no, come on. I, got, I mean, I have plenty that? of handprint artworks with the two and a four-year-old. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I'm just, yeah. just trying to brag Didn't about my art skills over here. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what, when you're abstracting, that's what you're doing. You're looking for the shape of what something is. And that turkey. It worked out. It works. It works. That your handprint. Fits the turkey. A little gobble-gobble. Gobble, yeah. So you wobble. Yeah. Then you, <laughs> you got everything you need. Exactly. So you put a little so top. You, that's the start of it all. You're working with the shape. Yeah. You. You're an abstract <laughs> artist. You don't even know. Do you think there's a little bit of an artist that, like, when you were doing elementary school and high school students, I'm sure you had students that were really into it and students that were not so mm-hmm. much. Could you see, like, a little artist in everyone, even the kids that weren't really into it? Uh yeah, for the most part. And you know what? As their teacher, you had to find a way to make them feel comfortable mm-hmm. with what they were able to do. I tried to do that, and it seemed to work often. And I think once that, like I said, they have to be comfortable and free. Once they felt that comfort and freedom. And it's a shame because we're so conditioned. Like young kids, we buy them color and books. At least we used to. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they do now. They get digital books of some type. And again, it's stay in the lines, color in the sit right direct. That's so, such such a wrong thing to tell a kid. You know, just go, do what you want. And and I love when these kids just scribble <laughs> over the page and all. That's the most beautiful mm-hmm. because it's express total expression, and it's their expression. It's not um, your teacher saying, "Oh, don't go outside that line," or your mom saying, "Oh, you oh, go in that same direction." It's them. It's totally them. And and like when I taught the elementary school, I let them do it that way. Mm-hmm. Now, were you the art teacher that had like the uh, the markers that had the smells, the different smells, the cherry and the mango? <laughs> we all love those. Although yeah, we probably should have been smelling those that we should have back in the but day. But again, I go way back. So there was a time when they weren't. <laughs> so I re- do remember. And it actually, they came in handy in many ways. I had a couple students that were blind, oh. legally blind. And I didn't even think about for me that. to say, okay, smell this, that's the color, and then they would They'd know it. learn through the colors. Yeah, I mean, I had a student that was totally blind, and he I didn't even he think about that could application. create some beautiful things with those. He knew what colors he was applying because he could smell them. I mean, and they're more sensitive to that than we are, so 
it worked. So when they actually created those, that was a, a wonderful. Did thing. you remember those, Jess? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Like and you always like and then the kids Sketch, always had color oh, yeah, on the, the end of their nose. Yeah, because it was <laughs> because they would smell. <laughs> I was one of those kids, probably. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, still one yeah. of those. Kids. Yeah, we were smelling those things like crazy back in the day. That and the rubber cement. It was. Oh that, yeah, yeah. That explains a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to us about the importance of the arts. I'm a I'm not a, an artist in your sense, but I always you know, thrived in music classes and things like uh-huh. that where I got to be creative. Talk to us about how important that is in, in development of a, a child. Well, it, it's very important for all of us. And, and in, in a child's development, again, I lean back to the freedom and the, the ability just to be impulsive and just do as you please to a point that you are still um, being or staying within boundaries. And it's so important to experience the arts. Even I mean, you don't have to be an artist, but you should experience the arts. And that was part of the beauty of the pandemic. A lot of people started experiencing nature, experiencing the arts, because it was coming to us through technology in some way, or just, okay, we suddenly can get out and we're doing outdoor concerts and things. Mm-hmm. So that was beautiful because people who didn't usually do that stuff were doing it. Because I knew because they were invading my areas. <laughs> I was like, uh, you know, going on a nature walk. And I'm like, where are these people coming from? What's these people never out? walked before. Why yeah, are they yeah. Here? So, but um, I think in, in the early stages for a child to just to appreciate, I mean, we're surrounded by art. It's a, and we're constantly making choices from the time we get up. Do we brush our teeth or do we not, you know, <laughs> or do we, and, and for a kid, it's like, which br- toothpaste do I use, the minty one or this, you know, because, you know, how we have to fool the kids into doing things. So let's. Strawberry, that's yeah, our Yeah, let's our give them something, the give them something flavorful, tasteful, whatever it is. From the time we wake up in the morning, we begin to make judgments and choices. What should I wear? What color car will I buy? You know, it's, it's, it's around us constantly. And it all has effects on us. It has effects psychologically and emotionally on all of all of us. We don't always realize it. Um, we know what um, some of us know what visual tension is, and you could be sitting in a room and having a headache, and it could be because there's a painting on the wall crooked, but you don't know that. <gasps> you don't realize why we am I that. getting this None headache? None of my neurologists yeah. have ever mentioned that as a probable <laughs> cause. <laughs> Yeah, there's something that, that something that bothers you, and then suddenly somebody straightens it, and all of a sudden you're like, whoa, okay. I mean, what's visually around us affects us, and and so that's why the arts are so important, and whether it be music, music, I mean, lifts your life. Oh, yeah. No matter what you're feeling, if you want to be down, you can listen to music. If you want to be up, you can listen to music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if you just want to be mellow and hang out, you can listen to music. So music is a, should be a constant in your life. But all the other arts, too, the visual arts, performing arts, they're, they're all so vital to just daily survival, I feel. So we started the show with the music questions. And I think we'll sort of cap it here. Mm-hmm. You said music takes you up and can take you in all different motions. What artists are you listening to if you want to go up? Bruce Springsteen brings me in every direction. We're going to talk go. about the Glassboro College. They come, right. I promise. <laughs> We're going right. to talk to Bruce. But Bruce Springsteen brings me in every direction. But I like almost anybody from the 70s. And I, I listen to a lot of Bob Marley. But I also listen to a lot of classical music. I like a lot of instrumental music when I'm doing my art, especially because I don't want. 
as I'm painting and I'm trying to be focused on what I'm doing, I don't want words, the lyrics going mm -hmm. through my head. I want the instrumental sounds to influence me, but not the lyrics, because that can bring me in the direction I don't want to go at times. Interesting. You know, so I listen to instrumental music when I work, when I paint. We're going to invite you to a little gathering at Angelo's Diner where you could bring some of your work. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we'll pay okay. for the potatoes and eggs. We'll pay <laughs> we'll, we'll the, we'll the, the 240 Oh, thank you. And we'd love to see some of some of your work because I missed your showing, but we're so glad that you're able to oh, bring you. everything full circle back to campus. And we're grateful that you were able okay. to come with us today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I thought of bringing some, but then I thought it's radio. <laughs> Yeah, well, we still we're still alive. But yeah, that's <laughs> true. Yeah, stuff. I could have. Yeah, yeah. You'll have so, to send us some. Well, probably won't do it any justice to send us some pictures of it, but yeah. we'd love to see it. Oh, thank you, Jess. You think she was impressed with my my hand turkey? I was expertise? so confused. When I know you, you said really I have were. a great hand turkey. I'm like, what are yeah. you talking? about? But you know about? what a hand turkey is, right? Well, yeah, now. Okay. But I don't think she's like, wow, Rob's such a great artist i wish i could have worked with well, him there's not much other things of art that i really know so i was trying to impress her i don't Which, think you did it i don't think i did either but she but impressed us she impressed us she does a lot of great things in fact she's still very active with the school and sort of the art gallery world and, and displaying her works here so yeah, it's great she's, uh active in the glassboro community which i love as a glassboro resident so i'm gonna keep my eyes peeled for maureen and uh see if i see her around at angelo's or glassboro does great things like art walks and all kinds of really neat things glassboro is a happening place to be and maureen knows it and she's I think part I'm of excited that. to actually go to angelo's with maureen i know because she knows all she knows all the in, in town too could you imagine you get breakfast for two dollars and no. 40 something cents how do they stay open i don't know <laughs> <laughs> we need you know what we need to do for the centennial content we really should do this can we bring on the owners of angelo's diner and interview them that would be we just got a thumbs up i think we can do that all right that's great i mean now i'm bringing it full circle also, thanks, thanks to maureen. maureen yeah yeah i love maureen she's giving us inspiration for our next our next interview You've been listening to Beyond the Brown and Gold on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. You can find more episodes on your favorite podcasting platforms by searching for Beyond the Brown and Gold or Rowan Radio On Demand.